and welcome to the Taste Uber Music Podcast. I'm Diana Lynn. After a 40-year career in corporate America, I took a huge U-turn and became a volunteer DJ on 90.1 FM KKFI, Kansas City Community Radio. Since 2010, I've been the host, programmer, and engineer of a weekly Americana Roots music show, The Tasty Brew. With this podcast, I'll be sharing conversations with artists and music industry insiders with the goal of entertaining and educating the listening audience, all while giving a voice to the music makers that are underserved or ignored by mainstream media. My first introduction to the Israeli guitarist, singer, and songwriter Bator Kahlo, or B as her friends call her, came some years back when she played a show at a very unlikely venue for her, a cocktail bar in the Waldo neighborhood in Kansas City. She came to play on my Tasty Room Music radio show. We've stayed in touch over the years as she has come back to Kansas City to play solo at the Folk Alliance International Conference, and most recently, a duo show in Carl Butler's Gospel Lounge with bassist Jared Geyser. As you will hear in our conversation recorded recently when she and Jared visited my home, she is fiery and electrifying, her guitar chops and contralto voice a force of nature. Callow defines convention, channeling power trios like The Police, The Jimi Hendrix Experience, Rush, or Cream. But her solo and duo acoustic performances are just as powerful as with her power trio band. Within the past two years, Callow has opened for Los Angeles-based rocker Andy Frasco, the godfather of British blues John Mayall, Texas guitar phenom Chris Duarte, and has shared billing with acts like the Avett Brothers and Robert Randolph and the Family Band. She was nominated for an Independent Music Award in the 2017 Best Alt Indie Rock Album category for her album Wild Change. B was intent on interviewing me instead of the other way around, but B, Jared, and I managed to have a wide-ranging conversation from discussing the fine attributes of dirt, Disney movies, Albert Einstein, learning disabilities, the magic and humanity of music, and what B wants us to know about the community and experience of that which we call Israel. Please enjoy this time with Bator Kahlo and Jared Geyser. my drum I'm gonna ring my bell and I I don't give a damn if I go to hell hey! I don't know there's something about old it's not a smell of shit, you know? Mm-hmm. It smells of... I always was attracted to a mold smell. Mm-hmm. But a mold smell that you have, you know, under the ground when it's cold and a little wet. Like a dank the forest. Yeah, yeah yes. like that. Yes. yes. It's very primal. And I want to bite it. Yeah. So today it's like, ah, <laughs> I know I should not. Yeah. Yeah. So you like mushrooms and stuff on your pizza. <laughs> yes. I love that. I love dirt. 
It just smells so. Yeah. I mean, there's actually there's a chef, and he actually infused the aroma of soy yeah. into this gel in one of his desserts. We had a and restaurant here for a while that just closed called, closed called Black Dirt. Yeah. You probably ate there. You it. I, well, you know, they had these craft cocktails that infused smoke and yes and yeah, i love smoke too and stuff. volcanic yeah. ash and things Why? like that uh, into the, your whiskey it's crazy that's really cool um yeah hmm. which is not far from our conversation yeah about music you know and how you evolve yeah well <laughs> you do evolve i think you know one of the things that i but that's your foundations you know eating dirt <laughs> there was nowhere to go but up from there. I'm telling you, and I really haven't. I haven't really strayed that far from. I'm pretty basic in my culinary appetite, you know. I mean, I think we all are, but you know, those chefs are just can help it, but. You know, it's all from, chemistry, you know. Well, you it's wanted all, to bring it like his whole thing was. It started out with just nostalgic sense. Like he created his, one of his first big ones was a ice cream that he blew cigar smoke into as it was whipping because he was like at the time everybody was smoking cigars. Like all you remember smoking and cigarettes and eating popsicle? Yeah, you remember that? Or at the beginning you start smoking, so you smoke with everything you <laughs> yeah. eat and you smoke. I yeah. like the uh, pipe smoke. Pipes, yeah. smell of pipe smoke, yeah. cigars. I guess it it's like anything else, like coffee. You know, the bet there there are there a are memory. Good I scents, think so. Yeah, yeah like the smell of your grandpa smoking a cigarette yeah. and drinking coffee yeah. in the morning. You wake up to that. Or have you ever played like the Westport that. Saloon here in Kansas City? I I have. There's like a large humidor in close proximity to that place, so whenever you first walk into it, you overcome with the smell of cigar smoke. Mm -hmm. But there's no smoking or no cigars in that. Yeah, place. you're right. You're but right. But the humidor right. that's yeah. that's close by is just kind of overwhelming. Mm. Um, you grew up in Kansas? No, I um, am from Ohio originally, mm -hmm. and yeah. my family on both sides emigrated to Ohio when it was opened, first opened as a territory in America wow. before it was even a state. Nice. Um, I'm from Irish and Scotch and Welsh immigration. Um, I moved to uh, St. Louis when I was a teenager. My father was transferred there on business. I ended up in Kansas City where I've been since I was 21 years old mm. because my first husband was transferred here on business. Okay. And over the years, I've just chosen to stay here. Uh, my whole family lives in Texas now. They've been down there for about 45 years. So my parents mm. have been gone a long time. I'm the oldest of four. And my family is all in Texas. And their their children and grandchildren are all down there. I'm the only one up here. Hmm. So most holidays, you'll find me down there in Texas. It's ah. a lot easier for me to go down there than uh, for them to all come up Oh, here. yeah. It's just like me. It's all easier to go to Israel. So yeah. Well. <laughs> well, you know. There's a lot of them. <laughs> <laughs> I've never been out of the country but for Canada and the Caribbean. So I've never been to Europe. I was telling Danny this morning, I said one of the things that's been fascinating to me about... Do your friends call you B? Yeah. Yeah. One of the things that uh, fascinates me about B is she's clear across the the world from where she grew up. I'm clearly across the border. <laughs> yeah, and so how how brave and courageous I think that you are, not only from your, your situation, but you know, your music and everything 
that you do. I I think you should come with me one time. I think you transcend gender. <laughs> t- I have no idea how old you are. Um, I have a feeling that you've been like this from the get-go. <laughs> right. and that's eating, <laughs> from the time I ate dirt. I know, from the time you <laughs> ate And my dirt. mom forced me to stop. Until <laughs> yes. so you're my age and... Um, Sorry, girl. I know. You feel my energy hard and clear. You're good. Yeah. You're good. Don't worry. Until you're my age, I'll be long gone when you're my age. But I just don't feel that you're going to change that much as far as... What I'm not planning to. Your core values because, are uh, or whatever. Yeah. That you're not... You're not an op- you're not an open book to me, but I think that the book is pretty much written. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting. What does that mean? Is it, I don't you, know. When you say that, That's, it's I like, like that. am I? That was nice. No, to me, it means that you know when you read a book and you go back reading it, there's some books that you will discover more. You know, once you read it. Do you, you read it one time, you right, know, and right. then, oh, well, that was like a deep book. I think I need to read it again. You or know, you so, don't get it at all. Oh, you don't you get it come, Right. But um, am you, I being, um, uh, like, obvious? That's what you're no, saying? No, she's saying you're no. not an open book, but you're I not. feel like the book is already written. So it's like your character is set in stone, but it takes time for people to understand who that <laughs> character is. Because you're not like... Or even herself, book. you know, I... Uh, it takes me time to understand what I'm, what's my purpose, you know? Well, one of, one of the things I've heard you say in another interview is fight the darkness, guard the good, which I think was a really, I mean, that just jumped out at me like somebody was screaming in my ear. Really? Yes. You, do you remember saying that? No. I mean, I wrote a song about it, calling all dreamers. Yeah. You know, I sing it. Plus. Well, that phrase jumped out at me at this other interview, and I resonate with that. I feel mm. like I have been fighting the darkness my whole. You do? Oh yeah, absolutely. How does it feel? Is that like a exhausting? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, some days. I mean, I've always tried to give a real positive mental attitude, regardless of what's going on. Um, so but I'm you also, I'm a Scorpio, which, you know, one of the, my sup- mom's Scorpio. supposedly one of that traits is that you do, you're guarded to a certain point, you know, you let people in to a certain mm-hmm. point and then there's the wall and nobody comes in. Nobody gets past. Mm. You may think it's like frozen. Yeah. Have you watched frozen? No, I don't. <laughs> I'm on. <laughs> I'm derelict in my duties. If I ever have a grandchild, you know, maybe I'll watch. The- I- I'm like going to bring it in. My time Disney, we watch it. <laughs> my Disney era is the Lion King, and uh, with my son, it was the Lion King and Beauty and the Beast. And with me, it was you know Jungle Book and Fantasia, mm, yeah. some of the older stuff. But the newer ones, you know, like Little Mermaid and. Is that new? It's so mm. old. I remember my father reading me that in every night, Little Mermaid. Yeah. Probably for a couple of years, it was like repeating. He probably remember it by heart. But yeah. well, maybe it was whatever the message was in Little Mermaid. He wanted you to get. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> oh my God! My father read to me so many fairy tales, and later in the years, I my father is a big uh, follower or fan. I want to say, you know, or just love. Um, Einstein, mm. you know, and Einstein says, you want your kids to be smart, read the fairy mm-hmm. tales. You want your kids to be smarter, read the more fairy tales. And I didn't know that until, until I was 61, probably. 
No, no. She I, says that she's uh, talking to someone who's 68 and can almost remember 61. It's just, I'm searching for your face. This is, there's a light. Um, I don't remember my parents reading to me. I wish they did, but I had my son pretty late in life. I was almost 40, and so it's still going. Um, I read to him constantly. I think it's a generation thing. Yeah. You know, go to bed. You're a generation. And he's still, to this day, I mean, he's almost 30 years old. He has several learning disabilities, so it's difficult for him to read. Oh, right, Um, But he retains what you read to him very well. Um, Yeah. Him processing the words himself is is difficult. But um, do you read? Do you have time to read when you're on the road? No, I listen to audiobooks. Do you? Uh, But you read. I read a little bit. Do you like to read? My brain, I'm like slightly dyslexic in Mm -hmm. a way where it's like, as I'm reading, my brain will supplement words before reading the full word. And so I always have to go back and relook at what I just read because it didn't make sense the first time. I wonder if that's the, my son has a learning disability called, they call it language cognition disability. Mm-hmm. And so he reads something and forget it, dis- it right away. It's not dyslexia, but it's, uh, he just doesn't get it exactly. But then if okay. you read it to him, mm-hmm. if you verbalize it to him, he so, gets it. Yeah. There's something about processing it from the written. Yeah. It just, there's something lost in translation. Right. right. But if he hears it from someone else reading it to him, he gets it. And I've been, because I did a number of years ago, I was doing delivery for a pizza company and I just started listening. I got into audiobooks a lot just because it was, I mean, so easy. I mean, you listen to the radio, you listen to music, you get burnout on music within two weeks. And Mm -hmm. it's like the audiobooks. And so when I've got some time, I do read. I read on our last tour that we did. Yeah. You guys are on the road. And by you guys, I mean generally the, the musicians that I talk to are in the car so much, and it's like they drive for a living is what they really do. They drive right, for a living. Professional <laughs> drivers. Professional drivers, and then you have yeah. this two-hour window when you get to actually perform. But for the most part, you're driving. Should be a truck drivers, and then do music too. But I, I met a guy like this. I yeah. tried to listen to an audio book once when I, I used to make a regular drive to Ohio and back. Fell asleep. I not fell asleep, but it, I would be distracted hmm. and really, really? I didn't realize that. Oh my God, I'm going 95 miles an hour, or <laughs> where am I right now? Am I in Illinois? This is, I think this is exactly. Uh, it's interesting because I am full on dyslexic with papers and everything you want. Like. I'm like, hmm. it's really uh, a fine line. <laughs> it's not autistic. Like you mm-hmm. still can mm-hmm. be in society and hide, <laughs> but you are very, I've never met dyslexic people till I went and worked in a, in a, a restaurant. Um, it's, it's a real, it's a real weird, I don't want to say disability because that makes me disabled or something, mm-hmm. but I can't. Okay, people ask me to write for them on the CD, you know, if you paid attention, because you've been around me a few times. I will always ask them how to write their name, so Mm -hmm. I'll honor them and their name, because that's important to me. But then I'll be like, okay, now it's free. It's free-falling. I'm going to write it, and that's not going to be your English. Do you read music? I I have the capability of reading anything I wanted to read or want to read, but does it make sense to me? Not very much. Does it, does it, you know, do I need to take it slow? Oh my God, very slow, you Mm. know? And so it's just a different, I listen. I mean, I hear stuff. When you write songs, 
are you writing them down to my phone to your phone or to my to, head uh, to an yeah or recorder inside of me or or that these days or before that cassette what's your lineup right now is it just the duo or do you are you no i still i still yeah i still have a band but mm -hmm. it's just um i you know i think to perfect my performance to make sure that i'm not boring because <laughs> performance is art on its own you know like when you perform when you being an entertainer basically um when you strip it all down it kind of help you tackle and learn more into details you know what to do and how to keep the kids in the crowd interested in you well i was interested I mean, I was going to come see you regardless of what the lineup was, but I, you know, being more in the so-called Americana bluegrass country roots vein in the programming of my show, um, I was interested in an acoustic setup because I hadn't seen you that way before. It's always mm -hmm. been kind of balls to the wall, mm -hmm. you know, rock and roll and blues, which I grew up on and which I love. But I think by... Um, diversifying, as it were, the lineup. You're opening up yourself to more, uh, more venues and more. I think so too. I decided to 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 go that way too because there's a lot more places for you to play in Kansas City, I believe, if you're acoustic or at least do some acoustic rather than totally electric. You right. know, mm -hmm. um, it's been an amazing the transformation in the music scene here in Kansas City in the last five years, especially, well, most certainly since I've been on the radio. Mm -hmm. There's all kinds of places to play. And the house concert. Oh, a house concert. The house concert thing cool. has I gone mean. from, I mean, I've done them myself and we're doing kind of a series now. Tomorrow will be our second one. Mm -hmm. we, we take over Mike Kelly's West Cider restaurant and open it up at 10 o'clock in the morning and have an artist come in and play from 10 until noon. We have Bloody Mary's biscuits and gravy and breakfast tacos. Come on, where are we going? And it's a listen, it's a listen. We did our first one last month and oh my God, they were waiting for us when the doors opened and it was full and we were gobsmacked by the reaction. And so the yeah. second one is tomorrow. And um, I get up at the beginning and I n announce um, this is going to listening room today yeah. for the next two hours. If you've got to talk, take it outside. Turn your phones off. Um, if you must talk, keep it down to a minimum. And uh, they play two 45-minute sets, and then we're done. And mm. go do your day. Right. And they're paying for tickets? Um, right now, Danny and I and one other person are paying the musicians ourselves uh -oh. personally. Uh-oh. <laughs> and then uh, there's no cover, and the bar is doing box office business. And I think what we're going to we're going to try to get sponsors for the to pay. And, and we passed the pass the tip jar, and you can sell merch in in two hours. Well, the tip jar usually in cases like that, it's supposed to work. Really yeah, good, yeah, right? it, and it does because we we don't just let it sit there. And yeah, yeah. No, we pick it up and take it around. Yeah, like they do at church. I was gonna say it's the offering. <laughs> it's the offering. Uh, yeah, and you know. Uh, we've only done one, and so the guy had a lot of his own, you know, family and friends there, and so that was very... So count um, us in. We're yeah. coming. Yeah. Well, well, we're booked until March. Uh, we're booked up until March right now, but yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun, and so we're going to ask other folks that we know are like-minded like us, would you like to sponsor this month? You know, that's going to cost you X, and you'll get credit for being the sponsor, and yeah. you can sit at the VIP table <coughs> with us, and... It's great, like a house concert, because yeah, we don't have to clean concert. up the mess. 
We don't have to do the cooking. We don't do anything except guarantee the artist their fee, and we're out of there. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to see how it goes, but there's a lot of house concerts in town going on, and there weren't any more than five years ago, really, that I know about. Right. Do you play house concerts? I do. I I think so, too. You know, that is um, part of it was the house concert thing to go down from, to strip it up. Mm -hmm. And and really to get into more places because people in America love acoustic stuff. Well, you're such a physical artist. I mean, you (laughs) you put your whole body into it. It's exhausting. Um, So are you, when you're doing I wanted to take it to a really dirty road, but no, we're not going to do that. No, you know what I mean. (laughs) I know, I know. You you put your whole body into it. Yeah, um, it's a vibration. That stage last night, you know, that's, that's pretty small. But I used it all. Yeah, and there's a lot of people that just stand up there and don't move, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so is a house concert difficult for you to, I mean... Why, you think I'm you, standing and I'm moving? I mean... Okay, with the with the, the functional dyslexia that I have, I have overloaded energy. Yeah. I can't keep still for so long. Yeah. There's a concert. Well, I'm interested to know that you're playing house concerts. I, I, I didn't know. I do, I do. I do. Um, I'll play uh, one in... Um, Dallas um, later, like in the, I'm going out back to Israel for a month, and so when I come back, I have. This. Do you have a day job? Have you had a day job? I had, I had day job, um, but I just don't want it mm. anymore. I don't either. <laughs> I quit my last one. The end of September. Now I'm just working for the radio station, trying to sell a little yeah. underwriting here and there. But um, yeah, I've I've put in my almost fifty years of work. <laughs> I'm done doing. How about you? I've got a day job. Yeah. yeah. Or I guess it's a night job. I work from three thirty till midnight or one most of the time. So. How did you meet? Meet. Just. Oklahoma City, circles. right? Yeah, oh. Oklahoma City. Um, We're having Carter Sampson as our next guest, by the way, for our house yeah. concert up here. She lives there nice. in Oklahoma City, doesn't she? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, we just, uh, I was playing for a different band at the time, and we've played like mutual shows together, you mm-hmm. know, things out in Tulsa and Guthrie. And um, when I had split with that band, uh, Michael Alexander, the drummer, he called me, left me a voicemail, and I think it was almost exactly a year after he left me that voicemail. I got back in touch with him. So you play stand-up and electric. <clears throat> yeah, the stand-up is relatively new. I played stand-up in high school. You seem real comfortable but with it. Yeah, I played in high school, and then, like, periodically I go to the Guthrie International Bluegrass Festival in the Winfield. Mm-hmm. Uh, Winfield. Kansas Bluegrass Festival. And so I always play out there, but just recently, Bator has got me hooked up with an upright because um, we started doing this and she was like, you know, it'd be really cool is if you played an upright. And I was like, all right, let's see if we can find one. No, and, uh, I think it works. I think it works. I like that lineup. I, you know what I like the most on stage is when the artists surprise me, you know, that he make me think different. You know, I think like putting an, I, I think I have pretty much my attitude is set. <laughs> You know, it's like, it's not, you're not, you're not always going to get what you think you're going to get, you know, and, um, uh, I surprise him all the time. It's a part, surprise any musician I work with uh, for the good or for the bad, you know, but, 
I, to me, it's the most important to keep it interesting for your eye and for your feeling, you know? Mm-hmm. So, and if I can't do that, I, I'd rather not be there. It's like, mm-hmm. go home. And we can but, tell that too, especially in an, in an intimate venue like that, where we're practically sitting in your yeah, lap. Yeah. Right. I mean, I, I've been at this point, thousands of shows. And right. I can tell when somebody's dialing it in or, you know, even if they're sick or not feeling well, I mean, that's to be expected. Mm-hmm. Um, but when the patter seems very forced or mm-hmm. by rote right. or whatever, I mean, I can tell. And so, um, intuition important to me on stage, you yeah. know, and, um, but, you know, you learn how to work with that material, intuition and, um, um, how you call that, um, improvisation. Mm-hmm. Go you with know, the flow. And, and Yeah, almost sometimes not. Realize you with the flow and then decide to go backwards, you know, like go against the stream of it. And all that, what? I was going to, how distracted can you get by an audience? Or like, I can get distracted. Like last night, for if instance. There's, if there's one person in a room like that, that's. Yeah. So I'll be, I'll be one of those people that will whip them usually. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not verbally, you know. Here. Yeah. No, I will. Uh, so last night was kind of out of character, not out of character, but I decided there were guys to the right, you know, the, they were talking mm-hmm. like very loud, very, it's like. And I was about, I'm like, I was thinking to myself, am I going to chime in this? And yeah. Put I, was some... I, was, I was like, this base is big enough to take out all four in one go. Like, right. <laughs> right. And, we, and I think, but, yeah. but don't, yeah. don't worry too much. The truth is always the best. Yeah. I mean, I'm not offending anybody, but, uh, you know, that's, that's the other thing, you know, when you are attentive to yourself I think in music that's what music makes me feel you know that's why I keep doing it I'm more connected does that make sense mm-hmm. like more connected you know people call it universe people call it God I you know there's more than what we see I think it's what and, makes us human it's what differentiates us from the other animals they can't do no I think they just do you know, they just, they're here, they know what they're supposed to do here, and when they've been, and when they've been sent on a new mission because mm-hmm. they need to start talk to a human, you know, they support us in every corner, you know? So, but it, it's just, you know, kind of talking music. So I think it's, it's a path, you know? I think we all choose something to be professional at and once you decide to be professional at something it becomes like a spiritual way a guiding way um you know what i mean it's like it gives you strength it brings all your body cells to the right place no i think it's what has saved me doing this there you go there is a space above my fireplace sometimes i can get there only if I find the buried trail They're calling old dreamers Minute after midnight, long after the sun went down I saw the trees dancing and singing to the moon and sun Calling old dreamer 
I think you told me a little bit what you did, and it yeah. was so distanced from yes. that, and you so I good. I was, I was risk management. I calculated risk in real estate transactions. Good guys. <laughs> I closed <laughs> commercial real estate transactions. You were trying to fit the mold, right? Yeah. As to say here. No, I, I, it, it, that particular industry um, allowed me to use a lot of different skill sets. Hmm. I mean, there was a lot of um, math. There was a lot of risk management there was a lot of psychology i mean it it it, it was a good way to make a living and, and i and i made a living and i provided for myself as a single parent and uh, i'm not bad mouthing it but always the music and the support of it has been below the radar and i went to a house concert once with um when you were still working in the industry you were working in um no this okay. was about four years ago and so i was kind of straddling it i was doing a little bit but not much working and Everybody in the room was music industry related, but for me and my friend, and I felt like such an interloper, you know, like I was a poser. I had no right to be there. And I was kind of trying to articulate that. And, and one of the guys that was um, in the music industry sitting next to me in the audience said, look, this is a holy trinity. The music, uh, the musician or the artist divines or seeks inspiration and gets it, creates the art. It's up to them whether they want to release it out into the ether or not. But it doesn't go anywhere unless there's patrons and people like you to support it. You know, it just, it's stuck. Um, and so don't feel um, bad or that you're not a part of the equation because you are. And I just never thought of it that way. And it was kind of a connect the dot moment. And I felt, okay, that I need to do more. <laughs> I'm just kind of doing it half-ass right now, and so I, I would like to do more. So, um, yeah, the podcast is an outlier of that. Um, I volunteer on the radio. I don't get paid to do any of this. I, I spend my son's inheritance doing this kind of stuff. Um, but I would like it when I like an artist or when I feel that they have given me value, I like to try to get the word out about them. That's so interesting that, that they so that give you value. I'm curious oh, my about that. Yeah, yeah. What does that mean? Um, I think that... What is the healing part, you think, about it? The conversations you get to actually, you know, because you're a very good interviewer. Um, I, <laughs> I appreciate that. I just think that anything that makes me or anybody feel a little bit more human and connected, that I, I like that. And you he, like to feel human? I like to feel more humane. Hu what is that? I'm sorry, English. Um help <laughs> more kind more um oh more connected soft yeah yeah okay. not so isolated and not it's tough being a human being yeah. it's not easy it's maybe like just being emotionally aware of situations mm, humane not like a cold heart right, I, right. that's what i would or just do the job and 
Like, okay. Yeah. Oh, I get it. I think that, you know, it's it's all well and good to feel like you're connected on social media and you have all these friends and all these circles mm-hmm. of influence or whatever, but we're more isolated, I think, than ever. And mm-hmm. we're so, in our country, we're right now we're so divided, so absolutely divided. Um, I think actually it's a good thing for America, the social media. It's a very different mindset in America and how people treat their neighbors around you know, than where I'm coming from. And so tell me. I will tell you. Um, The community is the whole country. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, there's no way, for instance, that I live somewhere, you know, and I don't know my neighbors upstairs, downstairs, if I live in apartments, you know, whatever. Um, In America, you can live somewhere and not know your neighbor's your whole life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I move between places uh, pretty often, probably, like, you know, sometimes every couple of months, sometimes every year, or I get lucky if I'm with a stable partner in, in the house. But, um, you know, recently I, I'm living um, with Valerie, so we're sharing a big house, mm-hmm. you know, it, you know, financially, it's great. And, you know, the company is great, too. And so she doesn't know neighbors left and right. And I asked her what, and she see me. I mean, I'm talking to the neighbor like, hey, what's up, dude? You know, we have conversations about life. He sits on my porch sometimes. We can, he brings coffee from his house. He's still American. And I asked him, why don't you make new coffee? He said, I says, are you scared I'll poison you? I mean, what's the deal? And he's like, I don't know. I guess we're just Americans. But wait, wait. So he, you know, I asked her one time, so what's the deal? Why you don't say hi, good morning, good night? I mean, we're all coming in and out, you know, kind of certain same hours, especially if you have a day job, which mm-hmm. I don't. But, you know... And I always say, oh, you know, very direct to the people because people attend here not to look at you in your eyes when they passing you, you know, anywhere, you know, even Starbucks, you know, but it, so I do. And I'm like, hi, you know, and then I see my neighbor mowing my, my grass and I'm like, hey, dude, thank you. Why are you doing this? He's like, why not? You know, and I, and I. I go, feel free. He was like apologizing for it to begin. I'm like, no, no, free. Feel free to do it. <laughs> I can use the <laughs> no, help. No, don't stop mowing my lawn. Yeah, <laughs> please. And, you know, I've been in places where people mowing their yard, you know, when you have that little strip of grass and they will mow a straight line between you and your neighbor. It's like, come on. Really? Yeah. This is your friendship to the universe? This is so funny that you talk about that analogy because my neighbor just mowed my grass for me last week. And we've been neighbors for 50 20, years. 25 years. And we, no, we're really close. We've got kids oh, to each okay. other's houses. We take care of each other's dog. I mean, it is like 1950s America in this little neighborhood right in here. And that's yeah. when so that was 1950s, you say? Everybody yeah. were friends? Well, even yeah. even yeah. when I was growing up, like our neighborhood, I mean, you knew everyone on the street. I mean, still to like this day, like to borrow, coming to borrow, coming to borrow sugar, coming to borrow milk. Well, it's like that was the thing with because like on my parents' street where we grew up, there was an auto mechanic who lived next door, so he was like the go-to guy on the street, right, for everyone's mm-hmm. vehicles, and he would ha- help everybody out. And then like no, but but you have a purpose and, to go to him, you know, because you have yeah. a car. But yeah. when you don't have a purpose to talk to a person in America, and that's how I mm-hmm. feel, you won't talk to them. You mm-hmm. are going to be 
you be bothering them. And yeah, it's not like this in Israel. In Israel, you sit in a cafe or whatever, you know, sipping on coffee somewhere and, and people will chime in, you know, hey, whatever, whatever, that subject. I just listen to you. And here, it'll be considered rude that I've done it. But mm -hmm. I still do it because fuck it. I think that's why so many <laughs> kids and stuff and people nowadays are so depressed is because the sense of community is just completely disappearing. No, you have to be because, a church. And I feel like that's where people can gain a lot of... Uh, uh, appreciation for themselves and others is when you have a community of like even though you're not doing like you know you're mailman it's like that job if that person is enjoying doing what they're doing and people are thankful for it then it's like that person gets the gratification for doing what they're doing and you build that sense of community and I don't know it's like I just feel like community is such a big thing and just, it is just a big saying thing. hi to this your neighbor is... even if they can't deliver something to you or give you a service like knowing who they are that was a weird thing for me when I moved out and I went to the neighborhood and I'm trying to say hi to people and they just like, kind of look at me and go and yeah. I was like what the hell was that well did you the, the question is did you stop <clears throat> saying the hi did you got offended by it did you felt uncomfortable by it from like when people put you kind of out it's like why are you saying hi you know like know. did you stop no if anybody ever says hi to me I always just stop and talk to them real quick I mean no I but if they pushed you away you know that oh, you were weirdo if, like, if I yeah, said that to them they, they made you me. feel like a weirdo no I just kind of like cross my fingers hope your life gets better <laughs> whatever's whatever's going on your heart are you gonna say hi again yeah Okay. It is. It is a conundrum. I think so yeah. many young people are have have spent their lives looking at these from the get go. Um, that it's. I find it hard to make eye contact, and mm. I I'm I am a child of the fifties, you know, and sixties, and I'm still stuck there when it comes to the way I interact with people. But this little enclave is kind of why I've stayed here. I know all my neighbors. I know their names. Yeah. No, we it's amazing. Yeah, we take yeah. care of each other. But I've had people remark when. They've come to visit or whatever, and I'll be talking to my neighbors or whatever. I said, that's so weird. I don't even know who my neighbors are. Yeah. My son lives in a huge apartment complex that's beautiful and has all the amenities. He doesn't know anybody. He has no idea who his neighbors are. So Valerie told me, I asked her, so what's the deal? Why you don't know your neighbors? This is important. What happened if your house is burning down? They can come out and help you. Mm -hmm. What happened if you get locked outside? I mean, there you go. You oh, go my neighbors have a key. I was going to say, my parents right. like, and, have and she key. said, I'm scared. I said, what are you scared of? That he's uh, Jekyll and Hyde. So what? I mean, I mean, you know. That's why you get to know him. And then right. you, be you, you being a character judge, and she's a pretty good Mm -hmm. Character judge, that's judge, what you said. Judge character. Yeah. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. But, you know, and, and it's like it takes time to learn about people, but but um, she sits on me, on you, she stays on. I think I think that it's, um, I hope we get back to it because I, there's, like I said, there's so much divisiveness in our country right now. And one of the things that I like about house concerts and it kind of puts it, yeah. it, 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 it almost forces you to learn uh, new things and to be um, connected to people that you might not have met, you know, might not know yeah. otherwise. I feel like I am stuck in the middle of a crossroad. I lost control, fell in a black hole, yeah I had a pair of wings that you gave me such a long time ago Long since gone Moments of regret are the moments we pretend
show does. Yeah. Like, you know, live supporting live music is the bomb and traveling. Um, I'm going to spend the rest of my days traveling to music festivals and going to other places to listen to music. We started doing it last year by going to New Mexico and to Oklahoma. We go to Woody Fest every year now. Yeah. Um, and you meet people from all over the the world and Americans by and larger. So I've never been to Europe or I very, I know very few people that are of different ethnicities or from different countries. And, um, I don't, I, so if you go to Israel ever, you're going to be first of all in shock, you know, so Valerie went with me to Israel and her first two days, she was, kind of terrified. Yeah, I, I would be terrified. I, I mean, I grew up very, um, well, I, grew up, kind of. I was born in 51, you know, Israel became a state in 48. There was the six, six year war in 67 or whatever when I was in high school. Um, I have grown up, um, politically very aware and scared of Russia and Israel. Really? Not because Why? I'm afraid of Israeli or Israel, because there's so much violence. Hmm. I would be so you, you, I mean, I don't know how you don't live in terror every day that something's going to happen. I, I mean, because generally when we only hear, well, I tell you, it's when mm, something has been blown up or, right. you know, some horrific thing has happened. Yeah. We come from a different place, you and I, for sure. And him and I, but, but here it's we are not, I, think, yeah, I think I, the hard part is just like not having, a friend from Israel to mm-hmm. know like, Oh, like day to day life is totally I, fine. But yeah. I think the radio poisoned you. Yeah. I think, I think, you know, media, media yeah. poisoned mm-hmm. you all in the fifties. I mean, they all wanted you to know the milk is so good for you. Mm-hmm. No, it's not. Mm-mm. It creates mucus in the body. Okay. And the body trying to get rid of mucus, you know, sugar creates mucus in the body. And the body creating those mucuses because try to protect the body does not bring a lot of good to the body. Yes, if you're in a war and you have nothing to eat and you milk a cow and you drink it, hooray, you know, you will survive better. You know, it gives more to the body. But so the media did that to you. Israel is one of the most badass places on this earth because when you think about it, my people manage to make things happen every day when everybody else just saying, no, we're not going to do it there because they have the privilege to go elsewhere and do it. In Israel, people grow food in the desert on the ground that you walk on. You sure know that nothing will grow out of this, but they managed to do it. You know, so I am very aware of where I'm coming from. And, you know, then you're going to ask me now, but why did you left? No, I know why uh, you, I mean, I think, why I, you know? well, I think what I've, what I've read in the media uh, you see, <laughs> is because of your education and, and, um, applying for, I guess, a program and I could go back there, and but you could have gone do. anywhere probably. Right. I, I was, <coughs> my heart was longing for something else, you know? And no, I think it's very, very brave. You know, I, my friends that in the, back in the day became exchange students and went to other countries right. and spent their junior or senior year. I just, 
I, I just am so envious of that, and, and so yeah. you know, wondered how my life would have been different. My best, my best friend here in town is a woman that chose to stay here. That's uh, German and, and French. Her father was German. Her mother was French. She's from Strasbourg. She's uh, Alsatian, and um, she's chosen to stay here for her adult life. And she um, is a constant source of inspiration for me and, and education as well, and opening up my eyes to all kinds of music and art that I would not have if it was it wasn't for her so i think that um i think it's a journey and we're all in different parts of it um i'm i'm on my second mountain what i what i would call my second second mountain when you're young you're you're going up that first mountain trying to figure out how you're going to make money and how you're going to make a name for yourself and build a career and have children and all that kind of stuff. And then you have valleys. You always do. There's some horrific thing that happens, life changes or whatever, and then you get to go up the second mountain again and, and hopefully figure out what your your true purpose is or what your true joy is and be able to pursue it. And that's where I feel like I'm at right now. And it's, it's just a joy to... I mean, to do it. Yeah, I hope I'm around enough. Another 20 years, I think. I'm, I'm hoping. Um, but th- these conversations that I'm having um, with artists that are, you know, some that tour all the time, real road dogs, never spend the same, you know, more than one or two nights. That's one. Um, there's a lot of uh, community where they stay in their community and play do on the weekends it, yeah. or whatever you yeah. know and have, have mm-hmm. a regular job yeah or whatever how far afield do you go from oklahoma i've only seen you here i know you've you still I live in new york. york i go to we went to uh, montana which i was looking forward for that and do you have um, a booking agent no i have a valerie i'm you looking a for a booking agent <laughs> if you're here about somebody uh but i, I really want to i want to be more and more out it's um you know, I have this eternal need to move forward, you know, and I, I, I um, kind of like if somebody tried to slow me down, I, I have to say thank you, but no. Do you feel you know? you're a collaborator? Do you, do you co-write? I am or? collaborate when I'm being respected. You know, mm-hmm. my my thoughts are being respected. It's my idea being respected. Because if there's no respect, I can't work. Um, but, yeah, I'll gladly will collaborate. I've not collaborated a lot writing. But, um, but it will happen. It will happen. Um, do you feel an extra burden being female in fronting the band? Uh, yeah, actually I am. I mean, to me, it's like being Ginger Rogers and dancing, having to do everything Fred Astaire did. But I don't know. I don't know what's with men around here, but a lot of men around here are in a need for a mother Mm. (laughs) all the time, and it's uh, you know, and it's like. Are we all? I want my (laughs) No, but when you have a boss that is a female, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's not a boss and you don't want to call yourself the boss, but you're doing a job. I mean, you know, it can be a party. I I grew up in a family that is artist. All right. And I have an uncle, I want to say an uncle, that he is one of the first big rock and rollers in Israel. Yeah? Yeah. Really famous. I think this is part of why I left Israel, too, because I could not bear it anymore that 
and I'm just covered with the blankets of them. I'm like, leave me the F alone. <laughs> I do not want that anymore. And, you know, you so you're associated with the blah, blah, blah. That's your grandpa, you know, and so and so. So are you researching on me as we speak? Okay. Um, I'm going to take your picture with my dog. Oh, my God. <laughs> <clears throat> That's not it. <laughs> but, you know, it's... um. Um, I've watched them through my entire life and I didn't know actually that's going to be a big, a big step in my, you know, a big lesson that I was learning and I didn't know it and, um, how they run themselves, how they work themselves, you know, and I mean, how they train themselves. So for me, it was two rules in the house, you know, being an artist is not party. Being an artist is mean that you need to get up and write every day and do what you got to do because you're an artist. And that's where you put your big panties, you know, when you go out there and try to collect people to work with and you're being like, people think, you know, it's a party. It's a vacation. And it's not, you know, I don't, I don't mean to make it unpleasant for people many times, but when they facing in the man subject you know when you're working a lot with men and i prefer a lot of the times to work with men you know there are things i really like about men more than working mm -hmm. with women's but no, i agree I, I totally get that but i think it starts to even out somehow i think what happened in the world is that women's had to prove themselves around men a lot and um and because of that, they had to be more mean, probably around other women's. Um, so I'm all forward for what's happening right now, but at the same note, it's like there's always work to do, and it doesn't matter if it's men or women. Mm -hmm. You know, just do your work. You know. Do and you get any pushback from like the sound guys at the? All the time. Oh, all... sister, I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. Sit down. You good. <laughs> All the time, because it's like what I I've watched it. I've been at sound checks. Mm -hmm. I let him a lot of the time. Um, I let Jared a lot of the time take the face of you know, tell him what to do, and I'll go to Jared and tell him what to do. Just if I can avoid sometimes confrontation. Oh yeah. uh, no, I don't care. I, then you know they just get offended more by a woman. I, think, by I don't a know what it is about. I think sound guys are probably the most jaded of all. <laughs> industry because they have to like directly deal with the band and the particulars like oh no i want this and this and that because and, a lot of times people I'm get up there and think they know no it. matter what you say yeah it's like people because i mean i get where they're coming from because sometimes you get artists they get up there and they're asking for things that it's like you can't like you don't know what you're talking about but, but i have but, a little more of that acoustic in my monitor yeah and when I, they mean, see, I get well, when it they that sometimes tour, people are not well when they see yeah. that tour they just think okay well, she's this girl and then like the language barrier they don't understand that she's not from here mm -hmm. and so because like most white people if they see another person with like white-ish mm -hmm. skin they're like okay they're white and so a lot of times when you're talking to them they think you're just being an asshole over the microphone so I saw it happen when we were I can't remember where we were playing but this guy Which was like is totally... he was taking it he was taking it the whole wrong way and so finally I was just like be let me just talk to this guy and like because also at the same time the, he and I say guy he was a kid the kid really didn't know what he was doing. And, uh, yeah, he that was, was taking it. Look, that is too to me, you know? They're lacking of professionality, like being pros in what they do. So it's easy to throw it out on a woman for some reason. Oh, she doesn't know what she's talking about. But apparently, darling, you're dealing with somebody that works in the studio and being trained by 
a professional engineer. So I know my shit, you know, and he doesn't see that every day. But, you know, how do you prove him wrong? It's a constant of a proving situation. Does that carry over to um, venue owners as well? Everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere and everything. It's a dynamic of sexuality and sex. Sorry, but it is. Mm -hmm. I'll be a liar if I say it's not. It's a dynamic of who named the number. Oh, you think of yourself too much. Mm -hmm. You think you're that good. I mean, I'll show you. You know, there's always that. And the stupid thing is that you are my darling. Try to bring to your venue good acts. And I'm a good act, you know, and I won't back down from what I'm bringing. You can tell me I'm like this, I'm like that. But at the end of the day, I'll bring you a story and I'll bring you a time of their life. You know, the people that sits there, they're not going to be bored by me. Yeah, I still rankles me. I don't know about you, but just hearing it, she plays pretty good for a girl. Right? Man, look at all those pedals she has up there. I wonder if she knows what they all do. I I, I mean, I hear things like that, and I just want to just... Yeah, and you know, I think a lot of it is the generation where you're coming from. And a lot of people that come to my shows, I think it's because of the Blue Society kind of thing that I you know, um, went out of, but, you know, I didn't stop kind of the relationship I made in the blue societies. That is the ages that I think attracted to my music are, uh, the late twenties and all the way up, you know, because Mm I, I, um, I guess I'm an old soul, you know, and I've been around the block more than a few lives. Well, I think that and, uh, you play, you pay homage to those artists in your work. I mean, I grew up with Led Zeppelin and Jimmy. Right, Hicks. but then I play 80s and then, then I play, yeah, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I don't... Um, I, music is music, you know. Good song will vibrate for lifetimes, you know, and... Um, it's, it, it is what it is, and you know I'm I'm learning how to. It will sound really bad, but it might sound really good. I'm learning how to make it work for me. You know, when people wants to talk to my sexuality, I might give them parts of it, mm-hmm. but then they need a little slap. You know, it works out just fine because people. You know, most of people loves to know that they're standing in front of somebody that is strong. Fight the darkness, guard the good. All That's the, right. All the time. And, you know, a lot of people making mistakes when they try to be, I try to be so good. You know, I bend over so many times. Don't I deserve all that now? No, you don't. Because you let people take advantage of your light, you know. And part of it, I think, in the journey of life is to learn how to stand up for your truth. And your light is being guided by the truth. And so if you don't stand up for your absolutely not um, not compromised truth, I think you might get places. But it's scary as shit sometimes. Oh Lord, I ran so far, I was looking for me.
everybody that most everybody I talk to is an independent artist. They're doing everything themselves. They've not been with a record label. They will probably never be with a record label. What do they do for you anymore? Anyhow, um, it's the the business the business of music is in total chaos right now. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. It has been for a while. It's going to continue to be, I think, and so. As an artist, if I were out there right now trying to do it, I, you just take it one day at a, at a time. And <laughs> I think AA is really important for everybody. Now. <laughs> I wish they were going to teach it in schools. I'm telling you, because it's the path of support yourself. You know, mm -hmm. believe in what you can see. Walk through the darkness with light. What What's next for you? What's next mm -hmm. for me? I mean, not just Wichita, but <laughs> is there a <laughs> I'm just a are rock you, star. I need to find my way to the gonna, top. <laughs> are, you, are you getting ready to record again? Or? I'm recording all the time. I'm working in the studio in Tulsa. I work, um, I've been a student of a guy. His name is Michael Block. And, uh, I mean, he's mentoring me. A student. Yeah, I mean, he's teaching me the recording. art, the art mm -hmm. of engineering. Um, um, he's a New Yorker, which I am... And New York, I consider myself by now having the attitude of a New Yorker mm -hmm. Israeli, mm -hmm. you know, so um, it's easy language between us. So it flows. So I'm lucky I found him in Tulsa. Um, the Tulsa music scene is pretty vibrant. You think so? From, from where I see, where I sit, <laughs> I love them Tulsa boys, you know. Right. It's, I don't, it, there's not enough women. Again, again, it's what you get on the, you know, in these days, what you get on the computer, what comes first. But mm -hmm. um, there's so much more than that kind of style in Tulsa, honestly. Um, so um, much more than the Americana. Alt I mean, country, look, this is what dirt. this is what is for me. I when I go to a show, I need to see something that fills me up. You know, um, takes me places. Take me on a ride. Mm -hmm. You know, that's how I feel. Take me on your boat now. Who do you go see? What? Who do you go see? Over there? Yeah, when you are when you have a night off and you're going to go see a show? Don't ask me that. It's no? Bad. I can't yeah. ask you that? All right. Um, I mean, oh, there is were, a... Okay, so if you were in New York, not Tulsa, <laughs> but if you were in New York and you had a night off, who are you going to go see? Oh, there's a Cuban jazz... That is just uh, the thing is that too. You know, last night we watched. We've been, you know, we've There's been great at the jazz in town this weekend. If you want to stick around, right? I, I kind of, I kind of. The thing is for me a lot of the time is to see great musicians too. Mm -hmm. You know, and I think, I think there is something to say that it's my truth. But it's also your background, is it not? Classical and jazz training. That's what your performance was first. Your degree, yeah, it is. Of your education. It is, but, but I think some of it to me is how the musicians carry the carry carry themselves. Mm -hmm. You know, when I see musicians getting messed up on drugs and alcohol in the show, I feel and they don't move much on stage. I just don't feel related anymore. They removed their soul right now. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's over. I'm not interested to see him looking drunk. I'm not interested, you know. So, with all the respect, you know, and love for this, I, um, 
I mean, who I go to see, it's really a tough question for me because I try mm-hmm. to talk very nicely about everybody, but I don't know. Um, let me think about it for a minute. There's a guy in Oklahoma City, his name is Seth Lee Jones. I do like him a whole Seth lot. Seth Lee Jones. Seth Lee Jones. He's a very much a guitar-oriented mm-hmm. guy. You know, he's uh, building guitars, too, and fixing all my guitars. <laughs> oh, he's a luthier. I'm a luthier, you. too, yeah, yeah. and a musician, yeah. And he, you know, he's different from what's around, and, you know, well, and I'll go see him, you know, if I have the time and I'm there and I want to do that. But I'm just, you know, I'm picky and I'm bitchy and, and I have places to be and places to go. And it's better be freaking good. <laughs> Did you find any value in Folk Alliance? And would you consider oh, yeah, going back again? Um, are you going in February? Are you going next month to New Orleans for Folk Alliance? Oh, they're doing it there mm-hmm. huh? this year. Um, honestly, I would love to go, but I wouldn't put down the money mm-hmm. to do it because it's expensive for sure. It is, and, and you have to have a plan. And I have, to have a strategic mm-hmm. plan right, and for I it to work. And I'm grateful for that because Tulsa sent me mm-hmm. the other mm-hmm. time. So there are great things that are happening in Tulsa too. Um, you know that um, does help. The people. I'm just not sure it's always the right people. You know, a lot of record label these days won't take any more people that are addicted to alcohol mm-hmm. or drugs. It's like it's over. It's done. Alcohol and drugs looks different now than the 70s and the 60s, mm-hmm. you know, or the 50s. Uh, so, you know, back then, it used to, I just talk, we just talked about yeah, it in the car. And that, I told him, you know, I, I watch a lot of history, music history of America. And, and in New York City, the police at the time, you know, back in the, the 50s, and I think the 60s too, they used to pick on black jazz musicians in New York City. But hey, they would smoke, you know, they would smoke a doobie outside the venue. And the white guys will smoke too. But... You know, they were freaking amazing musicians. And I don't know what today is looking like for people, but they're just more and more lazy about it, about the craft working, you know, and working hard. And, well, you know, so again, this is too in my, you know, I, I don't know how to explain it, but it's comes with it like you gotta work hard and you see all the musicians out there i mean there's a musician from here uh Sim- samantha fish samantha fish right i mean you know um it doesn't matter if what i like or don't like about what she does i think she's doing so great you know she is working hard i will be love i will be happy to tell her that you said so she's a hard worker i watch her i mean you know it's not it's not mine again it's not mine to pick what i love or don't love because opinions are like assholes somebody told me that Mm -hmm. yeah but she's doing what she's doing she's kicking ass and she works so hard exactly and she doesn't fucking sit home smoke her pot and if she does she knows when to do it you know, I, I don't know her, but um, I think she's a freaking a badass, you know, putting her heels one after, you know, every day, walking the line. And that's what you're supposed to do, aren't you? You know, this is not what my pa- our parents did. It doesn't matter if they work in a factory and they didn't like it. They did it anyway because it supported kids, because it supported themselves. 
you know, um, supported life, healthy life kind of style. Well, it is hard work and it is oh my God, yeah. a calling. I have musicians stay here with me all the time. And too. I see them get up in the morning and the first thing they do are they're firing up their computer and they're starting their emails and they're yeah. ta- talking to the booking agents or they're working on graphics for a poster or something like that. It is a 24 seven job. It is not all, uh, you you Rock gotta love it. Yeah, you, you gotta to, love it only alone. Who you yeah, are to your core. And so, like I said, one of the things I'm trying to accomplish with these conversations is to let the fans know or let music lovers know that um, that their support is appreciated and it's needed because this is how we're, you're able to do it. You you do. You have to have. Got to it, it doesn't operate in a vacuum. You you mm-hmm. have it's. Like I said, a holy trinity. <laughs> right. And, and I think that's the energy of the universe, too. You know, I, I really believe that's the light. Yeah. You know, when people get up and wash themselves, shake themselves up, work out, and then start their day. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You know, just bringing good energy into the body. Not You don't have to. <laughs> I remember from Israel watching America, it was all about project. I remember when that drug came out. Prozac? Prozac? Oh, Prozac. Prozac. Yeah, yeah. It's like, you're not happy? There you go. Mm-hmm. Americans, people have the solution for you. Xanax? <laughs> yeah. It's not about freaking waking up every day and smiling all the time. Hell no. You think I'm smiling all the time when a bar owner or I hear from the stage, but she, she's pretty good for a, a woman, mm-hmm. for a woman, for a female, for somebody who doesn't have a dick. You ever Prozac? I'm like, like, fuck. You asshole, come here. If I could get off the stage and punch somebody in the eye, I'd do it. Have you done it? No. No. Of course not. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm, you know, you don't do that. But I sure answered a couple people, you know, kind of backdoor. Let me just tune my guitar. I'm a girl, but I'll try anyway. You know, stuff like this. Yeah, just, but the proof is in the pudding, as yeah. my grandmother used to say. Yeah. It is where it is. And I'm, I have a feeling you're going, I think you're going to be just fine. <laughs> and I look forward to, to following your journey for however long I'm on the planet. And come on. You come back to Kansas City anytime you want. And Folk Alliance will be back in Kansas City next year after it's in New Orleans this year. So consider coming and uh, you have a place to stay if you want to. Oh my God. A big part of it is the cost of that. Oh, I know. I'm going to let you guys hit the road and thank you so much. Well, thank you. Dusty road, hot wind blows. I'm digging holes to bury the load. My dirty hands, my filthy
Put me on my knees My weapon is hope, my freedom 